your your step and tell us your husband if you're if you're willing to now he uh he went off and had a life and he was touring with rock and roll he was a lighting guy for rock and roll for 16 years he toured with i mean he was michael jackson's stage manager he was touring with bon jovi for three years and janet jackson all these everybody you know oh he's a cool guy i know he told you he's told you all these stories sandra and um, i know but it's still fun everybody needs to hear this because you know how how you how you meet people in this business is always I am totally freaking the F out. (laughs) Okay, A, how have I not known you? Because you are super fun. And now that I know this about you have a husband that is even super funner, if that's even a word, because I'm cool. Cosmos. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that Susie is the funnest lady in the whole business. Oh, I know. There's a lot of competition for that that particular prize. No. He, he found no. a wife and got married and had kids. Okay. During this Dude, whole twins, thing. right? Yes, he you has twins. twins. We have twins. Well, yes, I, I came on board late. But anyway, um, and then shit happens. Their right. marriage broke up. And I I was, you know, I was peripherally in on all this because we were great friends all this time. Our whole group of, you know, theater music buddies, we we all remained really close friends. Most of them live out here and we see them all the time. So I was keeping tabs on all this because, you know, secretly I was probably carrying a torch. He was sort of always in the back of my mind. He's worth it. In fact, in fact, whenever he was on tour with, you know, Michael Bolton or, or Neil Diamond or something, and our paths would cross, we would, we would have dinner together and, you know, hang out. And I was always, I always had a boyfriend. So it was just always very platonic like that, but we were still, we were friends this whole time. In fact, we met up in Paris when I was doing my first Cozy Fontute in Paris, 1996. And he was on tour, I think with Michael Bolton and he had a day off. And Clay had hair down to his waist back then. No. And he came to visit me this one day in Paris. And it was like yours, Sandra. Like, but he always oh, yeah. wore an opponent. And uh, you know, he was a roadie. He was a roadie. And so he oh, came oh, to Paris oh, to visit me. And we were walking all over Paris. It was a beautiful spring day. And he decided on the spur of the moment, I'm, I want to cut my hair off today. I was like, okay. And so I took him to a Jacques de Sange. There oh, somewhere on like Avenue de Montaigne, you know, one of those. And we walked in, and he, he, he said two words of French. He went, coupe EC. <laughs> and, they, and so the salon came to a stop. Because here's a six-foot-two guy, American dude, you know, with long, wavy hair. Everybody in the salon just stopped. And they went, whick, whick. I mean, his most hair came off. And it was, that's where you took videos of that, right? You know? That's right. That was the day that, hair, that he cut his hair off. Wow. Anyway, but we were just friends then. And then I kept track of his, his comings and goings. And, and, uh, and then, you know, when the divorce happened and he was very sad because his children, you know, there were children involved and, and, and it was not, you know, it was not a great situation. And so I happened to be singing in Chicago. And he happened to be working, by that time he was out of rock and roll and he was doing uh, his lighting company that produced auto shows, like the Chicago Auto Show, New York Auto Show, Detroit Auto Show. And he was in Chicago and he said, can I come over and like, can we just have dinner? I'll make make dinner for you. And I was like, sure. Because I knew he was hurting and he needed a friend. And and then I asked him to go to the um, Fantasy of the Opera ball with me the next week. And I said, you know, rent a tux and be my date. Because we were friends for 25 years. I said, I always have to go to these things by myself. Come on, be my date. He's like, okay. 
So we rented a tux and showed up and it was freaking Prince Charming. I can't even Oh, Met like, in Texas. That's very cute though. You clean up pretty good. It was great. <laughs> and from yeah, then on, from that day, it was just like, done deal. Cool. I remember that. That, that was, was 10 years ago. That's an awesome story. No, it wasn't. <gasps> it was 10 years ago. Wow. Anybody who's really interested can Google it in the New York Times because they wrote up our wedding. Oh, that's sweet. Complete with pictures. It was very sweet. Cool. So we got married. We got married nearly three years ago, uh, two and a half years ago in Santa Fe. That's right. Because that Santa Fe, you lived there for a while, right? Wait, oh, we have a home. Okay. But Wait, do you hear this? Something that we said sent set my Google off. <laughs> it's given us the lowdown on the news. <laughs> Was oh, it yeah. Santa Fe? No, I I married a techie, and so my whole house is automated. Like you can just tell Ooh. the whole house to do whatever it wants, and it does it. So, well, or not. Sorry, and I have got Carrie, one back in here. Sorry about Carrie that. Carrie will tell the like, go hey Google, turn off the kitchen lights, and it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I feel like sometimes it. is a bitch, and it sometimes doesn't do what I say. So we have moments where we cuss out Google, but okay. <laughs> so we did have, have that. We did have that, but my husband was convinced that Alexa was spying on us. Yeah, so I mean, no, we talk about we talk about buying sheets or something, and the next thing I knew, I had an ad on my whatever. Yes, that's, that's how that true. happens. That's true. Okay, so okay. I would like yeah, I'd love to know this. I mean, I I know your career, and it's because I, I was started out as a mezzo, and so I knew who you were and what you did, and I remember your um, Carabino at the Met like nobody's business. Oh, oh. thing to see. Um, just last year. But yeah, of course, just last year. But um, I, I really would wanted to know um, some fun stuff about opera. Like, was were there any famous malfunctions that you've had? Like, wardrobe malfunctions that you love to talk about? Or that would be fun to... Well, speaking of Carabino, one of the greatest vocal malfunctions of my life was singing Carabino in Nice in something like 1991 or two or something like that. And... Um, yeah, our whole cast came down with a Christmas flu. Everybody was double cast except me, Carabino. And um, it just, you know, everybody got sick. And I remember going to the theater and being sick. And, and um, this was a cast with David Pitzinger, Patricia Schumann, Jerry Sienna, um, wow. Josepha Geyer. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and so good, good singers yeah and, and plus we all had a lot of fun together and everything too so um so i'm on stage uh, backstage before the show starts i'm like oh my gosh <clears throat> i don't feel very good but hey it's not brynhilda it's carabino i can get through it's fine uh, yeah so first act don't you because song because i fought you got through it sort of okay but intermission came and i was like <clears throat> <clears throat> And then it comes at time to go out, you know, second act. And then there's this little boy case of panty thing. And I went, boy case of panty. Because I'm not. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, it was horrible. We've all been there. By the end of it, by the end of it, I, that was like, it's like just dust was coming out. And of course, you know the Countess's next line. Bravo, che bella voce. Io non che si bene. Bravo, what a beautiful voice. I never right. knew you could sing so well. And you're like, 
And it was Patricia Schumann, and she could hardly say it without laughing. She was like, no. I wanted to fall in the floorboards. I was about to. And of course, there was no applause. It was just crickets. So she just jumped in with her line of rest real quick. Oh, my God. And then the third act came, and that was just a, a prete preso prete or something. And, and, and then I had to do one. No. That's after Voy Que Sapete, right? And, but you can just talk that. And then the third act is just a couple of lines of rest. And I'm just like. <laughs> and then the fourth act is the finale. Which is supposed to sound like this. And this is what it sounded like. Oh, did you really? I whistled the intro. I had no, I had, because I was inside, I was hiding in a box, so I had to like whistle the recit, and then, no, I whistled the recit, and when Pian Pianin came, uh, I did it an octave down, so Carabino went through puberty during intermission. Pian Pianin, Leandro, Tempo, Persona, Sara. Oh, no. Yeah, but you know what, you remember it, don't you? Right, because so the whistling was... Oh, I just yeah, that's what the, Oh dear God. Oh, and, so, well, so then, so then the next, and they were had performances, you know, Fast and Furious, because there was double cast, and I was supposed to have to do all of them. So the next day, I mean, I was out of the theater before Val's even started. I was just like, I'm, I'm going home. The next day, I, I, I had laryngitis. There was nothing. So um, the wife of Jerry Sienna, who was a mezzo, who had sung Carrie. I remember. I sang with her. Kirby. Kirby. Yes. We sang Falstaff together. Okay. Well, she had sung Carabino like five years earlier in English. So they put her in my costumes and they put her on stage and she sang Carabino. I, I, I don't know. In English? I, put, I, get, I wasn't there. Yeah. So I came back into the show about four days later with Jerry Sienna sporting a whole new wardrobe of nice leather jackets. And he goes, look what, look what Kirby bought me. And I said, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Where's That's my, my gift? <laughs> That's my face. Brilliant. <laughs> so Brilliant. what's your favorite role? I know. Don't you hate when people ask that? Actually, I absolutely well, hate when You know, it changes. Levels. It changes. I, 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 of course, I'd have to say overall Octavian. Because you've done it so much. And I love him. And I love, he's everything. He's funny. He's sad. He's, he's silly. He's grown up. He's a kid. He's tragic. He's romantic. He's everything. Yeah. Are, there, are there any roles you wish you had never sung where you thought, oh, this is a big mistake once I'm in the middle of it? No, no. Okay. I think one of the things I pride myself is that I, I, I always knew my, my limitations and like, for instance, I never sang Carmen. I knew I wouldn't. I, uh, Carmen was not written for me. Really? I love it. And I, I, as you know, I've sung everything else that's French. But I never sang Carmen and I never sang Niklaus. Niklaus was for no particular reason. Carmen I purposely didn't sing because I was asked a lot to do Carmen. You would have been a good Niklaus too. Mm -hmm. I would have been a good Niklaus. That would have been fun. Mm -hmm. I sort, yeah. of, it sort of, I mean, probably I'm wrongheaded about this, but it, I was always so busy doing the big handle roles and like the big Strauss roles and stuff that Niklaus seems like such a second banana that mm. I sort yeah, of, I get that. he I wasn't so much. And, and believe me, the people who do great Niklauses are show stealers. Kate Lindsay, forget about it. 
Yeah. Suzanne Manser, forget about it. I mean, that's awesome. why I did it with, I did it with Suzanne. Yeah. Then I get it. But you speak French. You speak, how many languages do you speak? I mean, uh, depends on the day. <laughs> I, you know, if I'm in France, I can speak pretty good French. And I sound, the thing is, I sound like I speak these languages. So that's a, a both a blessing and a curse. Because then you go, you, you answer a simple question in, in a good accent. And then they come at you with, and then you go, like, right? Like, what? You're like, coupe ici. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, but I'm, I, I speak, I learned German in school in Texas, believe it or not. Ich bin ein Student, ich studiere Deutsch. Is how people in my class spoke. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ich hasse Billy Bob. I am not kidding you. No, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. I've been touring this recital program in which there are eight languages. It's my Frauenliebe und Leben program, which I've taken the, the, the cycle of Frauenliebe and blown it up and augmented each one of those chapter songs with two or three songs from other composers in other languages. So cool. before, you know, we start the, the evening with song one of Frauenliebe and we end it with the last song two hours later. Oh, and it's, it's a whole journey of that story, which is fascinating and so fulfilling and, you know, yeah. it's really a grateful program. And, but in it are, are uh, English, French, German, Spanish, Russian, uh, Norwegian, Danish, and Swedish. Whoa. No Italian, oddly enough. Okay. Wow. But they're great so, songs, but I, don't, I certainly don't speak them. All right, so Sandra and I've worked together a couple times, and there's always shenanigans that are going on on stage just because we're comfortable with each other, and we know, like, what our limits are. I don't want to do anything before she's got to sing something hard or whatever, but we, you know, we have shenanigans. Okay. So do you have any like no. yeah, hilarious shenanigans that you, like some of your favorite ones with your fun colleagues that you want to well, talk Well, I was just, I was just remembering this the other day with, with Tony and Showalter and those guys that every time I did Rosen Cavalier at the Met, uh, the, the, when Octavian re-enters and comes back in his, you know, writing outfit after all the Mariondel bedroom business mm -hmm. and he comes back and, uh, and he's in his, you know, writing out wonderful boots, the high boots and the tight pants and the jacket and the riding crop and the gloves and all that stuff. And I, right before I make that entrance, there's a little antechamber, you know, into the Marshall's bedroom, whatever. And there's these four lackeys that are always standing there. And traditionally, I think every performance I ever did at the Met of that role, we had a tradition before I would make that entrance, they would all four turn around, split the, the those split in their waistcoats, expose their trousered bottoms and make me smack them on the butt with their, with my riding crop. You they go girl. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. I was just going along. I was just, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I that would have been like, praise Jesus, yeah. <laughs> it was fun, it was fun. And then, uh, uh, that's amazing. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff that happens when one person is on stage and another person is off stage and the, uh, the onstage person can see the offstage person. And this comes back to you, Sandra Ravanovsky, because when you were singing Tosca at the LA Opera, yes. certain members of the children's chorus told me yes. that you would make faces at them through the door. I did. You came in and those children happened to be my stepchildren. I was just going to say, might they be yours? Yes. Yes. They were in, they were in the children's chorus. With they love her so much. She's I did so silly, funny. silly, 
silly things I did because cracked them up. Tell, They're just like, tell, and then they would come home. Then they would come home and they would say, "Sandra's so funny. You can't believe what she did. She was making faces at us." And I was like, "Really? This Kelsa praise, yeah." And and I would high five them all as I walked by them right before the big. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, high five dollars. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know. Sir. I know. I that's what I was doing with with all those same kids in Hansel and Gretel when I did The Witch a couple oh. years ago. Yes. Not gonna I, think of that. Um, but yeah, let's see. What else can I think of? Oh, oh, this is this is one of the greatest. So, you okay. know, Paul Groves. Paul Groves. Paul Groves. Yes. Ten. One of my dearest friends forever and ever and ever. So we sung a lot together. A lot of Mozart. Uh, a lot of Berlioz. And there are two stories, two Paul Groves stories, because Paul Groves can laugh and sing on stage at the same time. Paul is a silly, silly boy. I cannot. I can either laugh. A or silly southern boy. Yeah. He's a silly southern boy. So the first one that happened, we were in, we were doing Cozy Fontutti at the Met, uh, and he, you know, it was the old production where they they still were dressed as like Albanians, and then they came out in their little, you know, 18th since 19th century little wigs, you know, mm -hmm. little duty rolls. And so in the quick change in the last, the last act, the last, like the finale, when they, when they run off stage at the Albanians and they have to come back in as themselves, right? Uh, Juliet, the wig person, didn't have time to really like secure his wig. So he comes back on with the little, you know, court, court duty roll wig. And he comes, and he comes in and he turns the wig didn't turn. So he had to sing oh. the whole scene with his wig 90 degrees off and he's laughing and we're laughing. It was just, it was, that was crazy. That was one. And then, so because he made me laugh so much, I thought I'm going to get him back. So the next performance, I think it was the last performance, you know, those dresses, they're like, you know, they corset you and so your like boobs are up to here. Yeah. Right. Carrie, Carrie knows about that. Yeah. So, uh, in, in cozy, Ferrando, his Albanian name is Tizio. T I Z I O. Oh no. Oh no. So I decided to get Paul. I was going to make a little tattoo right here. So I took, an ink, I took an ink pen and I did a little heart and I wrote Tiz right here. Oh, yes, you did. And only he could see it. And he was standing behind me, you know, and we're about the same height. So he would just peer over and see this thing. And I knew the exact moment when he saw it because suddenly there was no tenor in the ensemble. <laughs> oh my God, I would do that. But then the one that. I remember the most was 10 years ago when we were singing Donation of Faust in Chicago. And it was a, it was, um, a, a modern sort of, you know, production. And the set was like a two-story dollhouse, you know, like just didn't have a front. And so we were up on the, on the second level was the bedrooms of this house where Faust had come to visit Marguerite, you know. And so we were doing this, this love duet, right? And I was sort of downstage by the front of the dollhouse, you know, so there's like me and we're, but we're up on the second level. So there's like, you know, 12 feet of air between me and the stage. I think there was a little railing or something. And I'd had a little bit of a cold. So I had a Ricola in my tuck right back here. Well, just to sort of, you know, keep my throat. Yeah. And, um, and so we're seeing, and he's right back here. He's like three feet behind me. And so we, I sang a phrase that was like, you know, mon car and the car, they think fly out. And it went, Arc and then splatter on the on the floor 12 feet below and it was this little gold shard that caught the light oh, of course it did and i thought i'm still i'm singing along and it's this love duet you know and i'm like oh, no. i'm wondering if he sang that 
saw that and I went from singing la 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 turn around and he's like going <laughs> singing but he's not looking at me he's like away I'm a tenor and I'm singing I'm not looking at you oh my hilarious God. and so after that I mean so I thought okay he saw it yeah he saw it and so after that of course we laughed about it the after every performance after that in that scene there were a little package recolas hidden all over the set so like there's a little bed and there were recolas all underneath the pillows and all her. so all right we're, we're sure. curious like thank we you got, so much for that like that laughter is like so cathartic so that's awesome. i know thank you for i want to ask something serious and you don't have okay. to talk to us about this if you don't want to but i'm 51 now talk to us about because nobody this is like the big elephant in the room know what no you're one, gonna ask and no one talks about it and you know i mean I, you know i came to you when yeah. i started going through menopause yeah. you know I, I came to you. You were the person that I came to. And I was like, my voice is changing. What do I do? Because is it okay now? Yeah, it's better. It went higher. Yeah, I'm, I'm a freak. Did you? Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people go higher, but what should I do? You know, it should, I said, should I take hormones? Should I not? It, nobody talks about it. What was it like for you, if you're willing to talk about it? And oh and well, it was. I mean, I I suffered very publicly. I mean, I because I I lost my top. I lost my top during that time, and it was probably. I guess it was starting about ten years ago. Because I'm 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 sixty in July, dear. Happy birthday, almost. Happy birthday! You look fabulous. Wow, hello. I celebrated my birthday. I had a virtual Zoom birthday party that Carrie lovely Carrie put oh, together. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, happy birthday. And it was actually a great day, but. So, well, it's not until yeah. July, so I'm hoping that there might be some sort of gathering, but who knows. Yeah. Anyway, um, so like 10, about 10 years ago, and I, I remember that, I remember I was singing uh, Ariadne in Houston with Gurky, and and I couldn't finish the composer's aria. And I had to, I had to rewrite the notes. I couldn't do the B flat because I, the A's, my voice was sticking at A's, yeah and it just wouldn't turn over for the b flats and uh and also that time i was doing a lot of efficient e's and there's a lot of high a floaty a's in efficient e yeah. and it was just like torture it was like my my throat was in a vice somehow i had no fluidity i had no flow liquidity liquidity yeah and it was just in the sound and it, nothing was easy and uh i i it took me a minute to figure out what was going on really because I thought I was just having some sort of you know vocal crisis we all yeah like what's um, what's going on did I ruin my voice you know yeah yeah um but I've always been a pretty healthy singer and I've never you know sort of tried to overblow my my boundaries or my limits or anything so I I didn't think I'd done anything wrong and I just knew that it was a difference in the way it was starting to feel so I I just you know I got on hormone replacement therapy and I, I do estrogen gel on my arm every day and take progesterone mm -hmm. at night because you have to balance them right you know so uh, and and since then i've i've been pretty good uh, the only thing that i noticed that doesn't really have anything to do particularly with that but it's just a factor of aging is that uh it just takes me longer to recover from the performance and do you find it takes longer to warm up that's my big thing that i find um not so much no i have an 11 minute warm-up Oh, I hate you. Oh, you're a mess. 
I'm a mezzo. But I can, I can pretty much get where I need to be at 11 minutes. If I don't feel like it, I do it twice. If I, don't, I mean, if I don't feel like singing yet, I'll yeah. just, you know, do it some more and, you know, augment with some more little scales and things. But, um, and I always warm up as if I'm going to be singing handle, no matter what it is. I warm up as if I'm going to okay. be singing. That's how you lots go. Of you flexibility and lots of talk. Carrie was talking about that because we just did uh, Rusalka here together in Toronto at the Canadian Opera Company. And, and Carrie was singing the foreign princess and I was Rusalka and she was like, Mm, you know, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And then she started warming up with Mozart again. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And she said, uh, bingo. Yeah, because I just was, I was overdoing it like Verdi or Puccini singing this role and it just didn't work. Yeah. And I thought, this is crazy. And I grew up singing Mozart. Mozart is a bomb to my throat. Right. That's how big I've gotten in the repertoire. I know I can always bring back the focus and the foundation of technique for me is always based in Mozart. Of um, course. So that's what I went back to, and all of a sudden it worked. It was fine, and I could. You know, whenever I've tried to do repertoire that wants to present itself as a little bit heavy, like maybe Didon in Les Troyes, which is my other favorite role. Okay. Um, it you know sometimes you can think oh, I'm Jesse Norman, or I have to sound like Jesse Norman. Right. Right. I, I have to write in my score any of those parts, even Strauss parts, even um, like the composer, or sure. even even uh, Octavian. I have to write in the first page of my score. This is a soprano role. Yeah. So yeah. don't over darken and don't try to overweight, oh, you know, any, anything in the voice. Right. And mm -hmm. that's been my saving grace. I think that's what's kept me healthy because, yeah. you know, let's face it. There are a lot of people who by my age either yeah. stop singing mm -hmm. by choice or not by choice. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a very individual thing. Once you, yeah. once you, you start getting into, you know, the golden years of a career. And nobody knows how long that will be for any particular person. Yeah. But no, but I, I, I do feel, I do feel this, and this is crazy. I was doing a, 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 I did a recital program not long ago that had some Ronaldo Hahn in it. And uh, because somebody wanted me to program someone, I was like, yeah, I'll do those Hahn songs again. Cause you know, I did a record of Hahn songs mm -hmm. a long time ago. And they're just beautiful, lovely French songs that are, you know, there's a lot of floaty stuff. There's a lot of silvery stuff that was perfect for me 25 years ago. <laughs> and I was trying to learn them again, and I was listening to my recording to re re oh, relearn them. Oh, that's the worst, now. isn't it? Yeah, you're like, mm, no. who is that person? So depressing, because all that stuff was so easy then. And now it's just like. <laughs> In here. Yeah. But so how do you think said some things are easier now than they were then so I think it's yeah. um, I think it's really interesting about um I mean I grew up in I met Marilyn Horn at Florida State University they brought her in for a master class I was lucky enough to be one of the kids to sing it started a relationship for years nice and, and I learned from her about the longevity of a career to make yeah. sure that I never like what you said you never sang anything outside of your boundaries and I find that nowadays that's not really what's taught. It's not what's, yeah. it's not what's talked about. I, um, there are careers that last five years and then the voice is gone. And um, where am I going with this? I don't know. I've had a lot of Cosmo. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there are so many factors, you know, people want to, people, people, yeah. it's so different than when I started. And Renee and I talk about this a lot. Yeah, because it's gonna when, we, when we were starting off in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, 
you, you were encouraged to have a long career. You were encouraged yeah. to take it slow and just do yeah. Mozart for the first five years of your career and then start getting into maybe slightly heavier stuff. Once you're in your mid thirties or early forties, God, you know, forbid. And, right. and, but, but to, to, to show the arc of a career. And now I, you know, I have young artists in my program in LA and people are asking them to sing freaking, you know, Violetta at 28 Tosca. or something. Tosca. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. And, but people don't think it's, I think we're in a disposable society. You know, you look like exactly. Zada, you know, the clothing or, or Ikea, all of that, it's disposable. Mm -hmm. And I think people think that, okay, well, five-year career, that's not so bad. Plus, you know, when, when we were starting out, there were still big recording companies. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and you right. could, you know, there were, there were, it was easy to build a, a four-cornered career opera recording recitals and some orchestra mm -hmm. gigs and right. i always said those were you know to have a well-rounded career you got to have those four things mm -hmm. and now now it's just like and plus the economy you know 2008 hadn't happened yet and so right. now we've got fewer people daring to go into the field of music and then when they do they want to make a quick buck a la american idol they want to be yeah, instantly famous or they want to you know they want to make their mark Overnight and sensation. be pigeonholed yeah. right away no, I know. That's a recipe so, for disaster. So how do you go forward now? As, as, one, as one ages gracefully, like all three of us are. She does how, not count. Yeah. The straight-haired blonde in the corner doesn't count as aging. I look no young, but I'm not young. She, she, <laughs> what, what do you say, Carrie? Because you got what? I'm like perfect what? I'm 26 forever in a day. Like we don't, even on the Peloton, I say I'm in my 30s. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> How does one transition as they're getting older? Do you, do you well, take it's different funny roles? Yes. Well, you have to. I mean, I can't play the boy next door anymore. I can't get off of, I can't hide under the chair as Carabino and yours. <laughs> I can't jump out the window without I know that feeling. It's like, oh God. I remember my last, my, I remember my last Carabinos and I thought this has got to be it. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't fold up little enough to hide under the chair. And then I, and then when I jumped out the window and, uh, and after, after the duet, I landed going, Ugh! and I thought, I can't, I can't. Flicka always said, Flicka said that she, she said, I, and I remember I was covering her in her last Carabinos at the Met. And she said, Susie, when you're old enough to be a grandmother, it gets a little obscene. <laughs> but, and, and Octavia, I remember my last Octavia. And the second act of Octavian is nothing but running around sword fighting and singing. So for physical reasons, you got to put some of those away. I, I find myself now doing roles like, you know, I never thought in a million years I'd seen the witch in Hansel and Gretel. And I did, and it nearly killed me. Did it really? It's hard. Yeah. It is hard music. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was the, the physicality of it. Because oh. I our production at LA, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's 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 crazy and fantastical and it's like i'm like um whatever happened to baby jane you know that betty davis movie i'm like a little girl who's really an old woman but she thinks she's a little girl and she's creepy but she jumps around and dances all the time and you know um, it's just it's it's exhausting while singing all that music and it's I thought, hard it's I'm hard, have a hard music. yeah people think cancel but always oh, pretty it's cute it's hard no no it's really hard um I did that, and then I, I did, uh, of course, Regina was a role I never thought I'd be able to, you know, I never yeah. dreamed of doing, and then Stephen Lord called me one night and said, I think you should do Regina, have a look at it, and I looked at it, and I thought, 
what a meaty opportunity. And she's, you know, there's, there's dialogue and it was like being in a film and it was a sudden yeah. velvet hammer of a person that I thought, I know this woman. I probably have relatives who are like this woman, <laughs> you know, a vindictive Southern woman. Who's yeah, just, you're not. It was fantastic. So that yeah. was something that was fun that I would never have done 10 years ago. And so, um, yeah. So do you roles. decide, do you decide, does your manager decide, does a teacher and coach decide, or is it kind of like a combination of people or you're just, you usually, go with your gut? It usually starts with the offer. Okay. And, and somebody makes an offer and I go, let me think about that. And I yeah. said no to a few things, some things that, you know, I was invited to sing. Oh, I need to have a drink before I even tell this story. Uh oh. Can I, can I just share? I did a top up. Hello. I saw that. Can I? Okay. My husband is the best. He made my traveler. What's in that mug? Your vodka cranberry? Cranberry juice. I had a bad day. And what else? <laughs> cranberry and what? It's very vodka. A little bit. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. Sorry, your story. Yes, you said you needed no, uh, to drink. Oh, well, I got invited by a very, uh, right. very well-known opera house to sing Marcellina in Le Nozze di Figaro. And hilarious. I, I know, but I, you know, I, I just was like, I'm, I wasn't ready. I wasn't yeah. ready to. I I but along that line, uh, many years ago, you, um, um, Charles McKay at the Santa Fe Opera was talking to me, I don't know, probably, I don't know probably eight years ago, he wanted to know if I would please consider singing the Grand Duchess of Gerolstein because they wanted to do it at Santa Fe. And I said, oh, Charles, she's a woman of a certain age. And he goes, well, yeah. <laughs> and I No, said, he didn't. I said, Charles, uh, here, let me, let me, let me, let me talk, talk to you about this character for a second. So, oh, actually it must've been like 10 years ago because it was before I was with Clay or I wouldn't have said this. Okay. Okay. Um, I was single and I said to him, okay, so she's a woman of a certain age, right? And he goes, well, yeah. And I said, and she has a crush on the young, uh, military captain. Right. And he goes, well, yeah. I said, she's like a cougar. Right. And he goes, well, yeah. I said, does she get the, does she get the young captain? And he goes, well, no. And I said, see, that's why I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Brilliant. Not right for me yet. But I, I, I uh, you know, two years later, I said yes, and we did it. It was a blast. It was the most fun I've ever had. So, cool. Very, All right. We should have So then we're going to let you go on your bike ride because we've kept oh, you oh. way too long. Yes, yeah. Go. Yeah, I know. Okay. okay. So I really um, grew up watching James Lipton, and, I, and you're the first person we've done this with. But I love him, and I, I loved his Inside the Actor Studio, and I love the questions that he asked at the end. And if you would be game for it, I'd love to ask you those questions that he asked people. Dear, oh dear. Okay. 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 Uh, what is your favorite word? <sighs> Biscuits. <laughs> okay. Least favorite word. Um, um, perspiration. <laughs> I love you so much. I, I mean, why have I not known you? I love you already. I, didn't I not tell you? I know. Uh, what turns you on? Oh no. Um, brains. And what turns you off? Assholiness. <laughs> Assholiness. Is that a word? Assholiness. Okay. Oh, let, let, okay, let me rephrase that. Assholery. 
Assholery. Assholery. Yes. Now, that was my new favorite word, assholery. Okay. It's abundant these days. It, it is. Amen, sister. All right. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Um, birds off my back deck in Santa Fe. Mm. And hate? Jackhammers. Yeah, me too. Um, my favorite question to ask everybody is what is your Carrie favorite? Carrie asks this to everybody. I, I have to, because well, I love to cuss. What is your favorite curse word? Motherfucker. <laughs> or if we're going in, if we're going in the international uh, division, I'd have to say hot for doma. What is that? that? You know what it means. It's hot, got, verdammt. Oh. It's, it just means, you know, goddamn. But it's hot for doma, and it's so good in Dutch. It's that Dutch, is, okay. That is really good in Dutch because growing up in the South, you can never say that ever. Hot for hot for hot for doma, stoma, lol. Oh, sorry. I, why do you I'll, know? I hope none you of your listeners Dutch. speak. But. I know why you know Dutch. Okay. I am dying. Hello. 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 I know that one. I know that religion. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than you all? other than your own, would you like to attempt? Um, I'd like to groom poodles. What? <laughs> Brandon, okay. I had a poodle for 18 years and I just loved her so much that I'd like to be around. Oh, okay, dog. okay. You remember Libby? You remember Libby, don't you, Sandra? I do. Libby the Wonder Dog. Libby the Wonder Dog. Oh. Carrie. Okay, what profession would you not like to do? Anything having to do with plumbing. <laughs> Preach. Yes. And the last one. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Here's your daddy. Oh. Oh my God. I feel oh, you're going to make us all cry. Yeah. We both have Carrie, lost our dads, so Carrie's yeah. lost her dad. Well, just I mean, sorry. Lost oh, come on, jeez, ah, you got me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Really, truly, we love you so much. This is the Thank you. Thanks, Susie. Go for your bike ride. I'm sorry we took so much time, but it no was lovely. No problem. I loved it. Thank okay. you. Okay. Take care. I'll take care. You too. You too. Bye. 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 Are you there? You good? She's amazing. Didn't I tell you? But isn't Susie, like, honestly, in my opinion, one of the most real, down-to-earth, funny, oh my God, talented, I mean, she's such a great singer, too, on top of, like, being such a great human being, you know, which, in my book, is more important, being a human being, but she's True. just so fun, yeah. you know? I want, I, I want her to be my best girlfriend, right? and I, everybody does, and I think... That's why I wanted to interview her because I just thought it's brilliant. she's got a lot to say and she didn't give a shit. No, no. and thank you for that. Sandra, what is in your, that is like a trucker's cup. That's what that <laughs> use. It is, okay, that was my first glass. Oh, that's pretty, okay. That, that I got in Italy. I love it. It's Italian glass. But then this was my traveler that my husband made for me because <laughs> in the music room, the doors closed and he didn't want to interrupt us while we were 
I mean, I would like to know how many shots of raspberry, what'd you say, raspberry vodka? Absolutely. (laughs) It goes very well with cranberry. And this is sugar-free cranberry, by the way. So yes, there's no sugar yet. Hello. (laughs) You had a traveler too. You're holding that on me. (laughs) Thank you, Lina Garden. We love you. Hello. Shout out. We want to be best friends with you. Yes. Absolutely. Please, like, here we go. I mean, cheers. 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 Wait, do that. You got to drink out of that sucker. That's fine. (laughs) Betty? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) This is fucking hilarious. It's totally going in the video. I'm sorry. That's fucking hilarious. (laughs) I'm so drunk. I can't even stand it.